Texas. <laughs> Man, this is it. We're 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 live. This thing's going. We are. Um, wow. Okay. We are live here. Um, starting in three, two. Take it away. Sorry, I got it. I, I, <laughs> not not what we needed. I was trying to get my uh, audio to see you, so I could see myself. There, there we go. That just there we go. Could, <laughs> could you could you not see me on here? Okay, that's why I was like, why isn't it working? All right, this is much better. Okay, this is much better. So you want me to do a quick intro? This is, uh, yeah, that's great. Okay, uh, let's let's do this thing. I am making sure i can see you on both sides of my screen uh, here we go we are live in three two listeners welcome for the first time to the ready set game podcast i'm one of your hosts jake talbert and i'm here with my co-host hello everyone i'm phil and uh talbert thanks for having me on uh, I'm excited. Jake Talbert, my co-host for Ready, Set, Game, born and raised Crawford, Texas, made his way to the happiest place on earth uh, and weirdest place on earth, Branson, Missouri, for some time, met his wife, and then came down to Waco to run the, the intramurals at Baylor University. Uh, Talbert's faithful, he's kind, and he loves football. That's exactly right. Phil, I appreciate that glowing introduction. I'm here with my co-host, as mentioned, Philip Addison goes by Phil. His mom prefers Philip. She has told me that. Phil's from Kennesaw, Georgia, originally. He's a graduate of the University of Georgia. Go dogs! Uh, and Phil currently resides in Atlanta with his amazing wife, Isabella. We're here on the podcast. Ready? Set. Game. Game. That's right. Ready, set, game. This podcast, Phil, it's been a long time coming. It's it been, has. it is, I mean, it has been a long time coming here for this podcast. All the way back to 2019, Phil and I were working together at a summer camp in Branson, Missouri. And as we were there, we were put in charge of a production. And it wasn't just a one night production, it was a 10 week production. And the whole theme of this production was called Ready, Set, Game. And from that, Phil, stemmed a lifetime of memories and some pictures that I will never get out of my head. What about you? Absolutely, Talbert. I mean, Ready, Set, Game is a motto we've lived by for a long time. And there are many, I mean, you could say hundreds, thousands of people that Ready, Set, Game has affected. And now that you get to see how much further this is going to go, I think all of our viewers and listeners are very excited about and even more lives to be impacted by Ready, Set, Game. Yeah, that's a, that is a phenomenal word. Ready, Set, Game, it wasn't just an hour-long production at a summer camp. It was so much more than that. And now here we are live on the air. So, you know, why are we here? You know, Ready, Set, Game, of course. Is Ready, Set, Game, is this podcast going to be hot? I don't know. Phil, you and I may be the only ones on here, but you're going to get this thing uploaded. And if we have some listeners... I'm excited. If you're going to be listening in, if you're tuning in, thanks so much for listening in. We really do appreciate you. Secondly, is, is Ready, Set, Game, is it that big of a deal? We, we have no idea. Phil, I, what do you I, think? I, I mean, 
you know, to us for a long time, it was, it was the only deal. It was really all that we had for, you know, until we met our wives, uh, we thought this might be, this might be it for us. But uh, as you know, God has been faithful in both of our lives. We've gotten to see life is so much more than ready, set game, but also it's just as simple as ready, set game. So I really do think it's that big of a deal. And I think our viewers are going to uh, let us know uh, how big of a deal it is to them and to their families and their loved ones. I could not agree more, Phil. Couldn't agree more. Uh, here in this podcast, we want to be a place to share fun, clean content centered around sports, events, favorite pastimes, some fun challenges, and of course, things that you might have missed that you didn't know you needed to hear. You didn't hear them. You didn't know that you needed to hear them, but we're going to tell you that you did indeed need to hear them. Yeah, absolutely, Talbert. So, I mean, we don't know where this thing is going, where it's headed, where we've been. We know where we've been. We know, exactly we know where we've been. been. So uh, we just want to jump right into the things you guys are talking about, the things that we're hearing, and the things that we know that you guys need to hear. So kind of right off the bat, Tyler, we're going to jump into uh, our first segment here. We're going to get first live reactions to a sports topic. Uh, we just had last night and from Birmingham, Alabama, Nick Saban kind of get after some NIL deals, uh, name some names like the likes of Deion Sanders to Jimbo Fisher at their, uh, you know, respective programs, Jacksonville State and Texas A&M. Personally, Talbert, I don't understand much of NIL at all. And, you know, I, from what my understanding is from a little research that, I mean, it's, it's not pay to play but there is compensation involved at some point. Can you give us first live reaction to things that happened in Birmingham last night and what transpired? Yeah, you know, Phil, I'm glad you brought this up. This is hot right now. I was walking through the Student Life Center on campus and what do you see but Jimbo's press conference live on the screen. It's what's hot in the news right now. Of course, with the NBA playoffs, we'll get to that in just a moment. But really out of character for Nick to go on fire and make these statements about Texas A&M. Yeah. And so, and so my first thought is this is out of character for him to say this. I'm not going to give an opinion on the situation. I'm just making an observation for Nick to come out and say something like this to someone that had served on staff with him to a contender also in the SEC. This right here was a big statement from Nick. And then Jimbo didn't just sit back. Jimbo calls his own press conference. What is your response to Jimbo just saying, hey, let's, let's get in the hot seat here. And we're going to take a quick fire back at Nick. I mean, Talbert, you, you listen to Jimbo, and I just spoke to Seth Locke, a dear, dear friend of mine, uh, you know, an Alabama Crimson Tide fan. Uh, he, yep. he, you know, let me have one, you might say, uh, going to the national championship last year. We know Georgia took it from him fair and square. Uh, and, you know, I, uh, Seth even said, he said, you know, a lot of coaches may have just, you know, said, blown it aside. Let's just, you know, let bygones be bygones, the comments. We want to get in the drama. I think Jimbo loves the drama. He's a guy that I think soaks it in. He just came off a hot win against Bama, but then goes, what, eight and four, nine and four uh, for the full season. So I think he's just uh, fueling more rat poison, uh, as Saban might say. Uh, and I'm sure Lane Kiffin is uh, sitting from home tweeting uh, and calling his, uh, his head off um, getting ready for this football season. I think it just adds to the drama. I think it adds to the drama, and I think it's something that – you love to see going into the 2022 season of college football. 
Absolutely. Mark your calendars. Mid-October, that matchup's coming. Alabama, Texas A&M, it's going to be hot, and I don't think we're going to see any shaking hands after the game unless there's a little bit of reconciliation that takes place uh, between Nick and Jimbo. Interesting, because I had a friend that played at Texas A&M, and something interesting about Jimbo, you talk about just like his passion and his uh, energy level and a picture that I'll never get out of my head is, is this friend share that one time Jimbo was so exasperated at practice that he laid face down on the ground in the middle of practice, arms sprawled out in the middle of practice. This was Jimbo. So I'm picturing, I'm hearing what you're saying. You're right. They had a tough end of the season last year to Texas A&M. And this year they're coming in. They just had the number one recruiting class. And now they're coming in with a lot of expectations, specifically over the course of the next several years. And uh, we're going to have to see if they can can live up to the hype. So we'll see how that goes. We talked briefly about NBA playoffs. Uh, We're live tonight. It's game two tonight uh, for the Mavs um, and the Warriors. What do you have going here into game two? The Mavs really laid an egg in game one. What do you see tonight? I mean, Calvert, after an incredible, uh, you know, uh, Eastern – or sorry, excuse me, Western Conference semifinal round in a game seven against Phoenix that I don't think any of us will ever forget. And we know Chris Paul won't forget for a long time. No right? chance. After a performance like that, uh, you look at the Mavs and you're like, well, maybe they're the sleeper team this year. Maybe they have what it takes uh, to knock off the Warriors and potentially see a 2011 rematch – of Heat Mavs in the finals. Something I would love to see. I know you love that Dirk Nowitzki-led team, uh, J.J. Barea, Jason Terry, uh, all the guys that every Dallas fan loves. But this is a new group. Uh, I think last night looking at game – excuse me, two nights ago looking at game one, uh, Golden State just has a veteran presence. They got a lot of young guys in their team, Jordan Poole. Uh, we're hoping that, you know, we see Gary Payton the second come back in the series uh, after the broken elbow. Right. But right. – Golden State has the playoff experience with Clay, Draymond, and Steph, and you can't forget, you cannot forget Kevon Looney. I mean, that guy has been on the Warriors for as long as I can remember. He might have been there when Anderson Verjao switched teams from Cleveland to Golden State back and forth. Uh, he may have been there when Baron Davis was there, for all I know. But Kevon Looney, and I think he's only three years in the league, so uh, I think they have playoff experience that uh, the Mavs obviously the most of their players don't have. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. probably has the most. Uh, I, I'm not looking at the roster right now, but he was on the Hawks in 2017. I think that team got swept by the Washington Wizards. I was there. Uh, so all, <laughs> all, like, all I can say is Dallas is hot right now. Luka's hot. They're going to have to need uh, a big off-the-bench performance from some guys. Uh, maybe we'll see Boban get it, the fan favorite. Maybe we'll see him in this game, but I think it's going to take a lot for Golden State. Uh, to lose this game at home. You know, the Chase Center is a tough place to play in. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that Golden State is really firing on all cylinders right now, uh, and they're going to be a tough team to beat in this series for the Mavs. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see how it plays out. Fun story. You know, I feel like I have a personal uh, attachment to two of the Dallas Mavericks players. That would be Jalen Brunson and Dwight Powell. I've shared this story with you. I was at Universal Studios uh, about three years ago, and I see this six foot 11 guy walking next to this six foot four guy, and they both look extremely athletic and finally get in front of them. And of course, it's Dwight Powell and Jalen Brunson. They were playing the Orlando Magic, so they were in town and they were just visiting Orlando, just a couple of kids visiting Orlando. So from that moment on, I just, I love those two guys. 
Uh, Jalen Brunson's really stepped up this year. He's had a big season. Yes. I think he's. I think he is the X factor alongside Luca in this series, and then maybe beyond uh, to really be his running mate. He's going to have to play exceptionally well. Yeah, I mean that guy's looking at either you know a hot new contract with a new team or a big extension for the Mavericks. So uh, we'll see tonight uh, how he plays, and you know into the year uh, what happens as far as the moves go uh, for the Dallas Mavericks. And uh, a quick recap of last night's, Albert. I know uh, you were trying to stay as locked in as you could uh, from uh, Central Time to uh, Heat Celtics, but uh, the Celtics didn't play any games. It was all business, business trip for them. Dude, uh, you're not kidding. I mean, you, I mean, you got you to gotta trust Jimmy in the situations. I have Celtics in seven personally in this series, but I, I don't know. I, I, I think that this is going to be a knockout, drag out, go to seven game series uh, because these two teams, they're defensively great and they have a lot of passion and young, hard talent. And – Phil, last night was just crazy. The, the flip of the switch being down, I don't know what it was, double digits early on and then up by 30 or 40 uh, uh, at halftime was just insane uh, turnaround for the Celtics. And I'm going to take the Celtics in six. I really do. I think that Boston's going to win this one. I think that, um, I think that the Heat, uh, they come in top seed, but I think that the Celtics right now are playing well. They're playing well as a unit right now. Uh, and I, I like the Celtics in six. You've always been a Celtics guy, Talbert. You like, always you like have. the organization. You like the history. Uh, and it's because, you know, you're, I mean, you're a class act, just like those guys in Boston. I love the history. I love the history. I love Brad Stevens. I love that he's in the front office. You know, Gordon Hayward had a stint there. You know, he's one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, and then Jason Tatum. He's hard not to love. Love Jason Tatum. All the way back to his Duke days, uh, his days in St. Louis. The kid's awesome. Uh, want to see him succeed. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly pulling for the Celtics, and uh, uh, we'll see what happens. So, Phil, speaking of what's hot, what's hot in your world? Addison's world, at home, uh, personal life, uh, you know, job front. What's hot in your world? Talbert, that's, uh, that's a great question. What's hot right now is, uh, you know, I work on a team uh, uh, here at my company called LifeWorks uh, with about uh, 10 other middle-aged women. I'm the only guy on the team, uh, and, you know, I, I think I bring value and I bring something to the table that the rest of the women don't have. Uh, Why chromosome? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I really do believe uh, that I bring some youth and just kind of some, uh, um, some general uh, different stances, if you will, uh, just being a, a young man on this team. And, you know, today uh, we, um, had a meeting and in said meeting there was uh you know some talks about work and then there was about 20 minutes of banter of uh you know where your kids going to school public versus private uh and i think it's a hot topic right now you go public it versus is. private and it starts at the elementary school level it's what you can or can't do at recess these days and a mm. lot of these schools no matter what the case is i i recently spoke to a, a good friend of mine named beckett sparks and he told me he said Great kid. Great kid. And, you know, currently has a black eye. Uh, had, uh, had a dresser or a, a, a table fall on him. Um, I can't remember which one it was. Uh, you know, obviously a, a, a messy scene. But, uh, you know, I said, did it come from, you know, the playground? And he said, no, it didn't. He said, because uh, a, a young boy in their class broke their arm playing 
tackle football and they wow. got a two hand touch. And so I don't know, obviously a quarterback in your high school days have played at Jerry world, have been on the big screen. I know you have a lot of experience in backyard football uh, as well as uh, on the playground. Uh, Talbert, what do you think at the end of the day, public, private, doesn't matter. Are we playing tackle at recess at elementary schoolers or has it got to be two hand touch to flag football? And that's a great question. You know, you would have asked me this 20 years ago. Uh, I think I was playing tackle football. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I think that ultimately it comes down to let the kids play. You mm -hmm. know, I, I think we can sit here and we can talk politics word. all we want. But, but man, if the, if the situation caters to it, they're going to tackle. They're going to wrestle around a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that uh, when it comes to tackle versus two-hand touch on the playground, uh, I think the boys will decide out on the field. Yeah, and, and I have to say my other what's hot is uh, my cast iron skillet. My wife has oh my uh, really, really tried to uh, get me um, more acclimated to uh, cooking in the kitchen. Uh, something I never did in college is I had cookout and Chick-fil-A and, uh, you know, the uh, local Raising Canes right by my house in Athens. Why would I never even right. Plus all of the great UGA dining halls. So uh, I've become uh, more of a chef in the kitchen, if you will, uh, since marriage. And that's come with uh, a lot of chicken and cheese quesadillas. Uh, I was flamed back in the day uh, for making a ham and cheese quesadilla on a cast iron skillet uh, and then washing it with soap and water via hand uh, post using wow. it. Not supposed to do it. I've wow. come a long way from then, but uh, it's, it's been hot. I've used it almost every day working from home for lunch. And the cast iron skillet is something that uh, cannot be slept on. Wow. i tell you what, that's hot. And I, I, I have a cast iron skillet. I haven't been using it for the quesadilla. It's funny you say that. I actually cooked up some quesadillas for my wife and I uh, two or three nights ago. The, the chicken and cheese quesadillas yeah. dipped them in a little bit of that sour cream plus um, sriracha. I kind of have a mixture. It's wow. some sour cream and some sriracha. Stir it up a little bit. Add just a little smidge of water. Man, you toss that stuff up and it is something else. It's really good stuff. Wow. So hot in the Addison kitchen. And I'll tell you what's hot down here is just Texas. Texas wow. is hot, Phil. It's hot. Uh, first time in Texas in May in about six years. And you just walk outside and it's just like you're in an oven. And uh, it's, only, it's, only getting, uh, it's only getting hotter from here. Yeah. Uh, so we'll keep you posted, but staying indoors uh, mm. as best we can. Um, am suffering from a little bit of a uh, uh, sunburn from the past weekend. Mm. Back starting to peel a little bit, but uh, that's not what's hot. What's hot is the weather. So, um, Phil, I tell you what, I think it's about time. This yeah. is something that we're excited about. Yeah. This is really our bread and butter. This is our biscuits and gravy. This is our, our Jordan and Pippin. Uh, every week we're going to bring this to the table and we're going to download and unpack what we call the ready set bracket. We're going to do it. We're going to bring items to the table. Our listeners are encouraged to tweet at us, DM us, um, let us know what do you want listeners? What do you want us to break down and take from eight or 16, take it all the way down, um, uh, take it all the way down to one. Yeah. So that's what we need to know, uh, from y'all this week. Phil, our ready, set, bracket this week. Tell us a little bit about the topic. Absolutely, Talbert. So uh, like Talbert mentioned, we are looking for you guys, the fans, to uh, give your input as much as you can. You can find us on Twitter at, at ReadySetGamePod and, and on Instagram and our DMs at ReadySetGamePod. We are going to be putting endless content out there for you guys to respond to. 
uh, and we want to hear from you guys on the pod. We, our first ever bracket, like Talbert said, our biscuits and gravy, uh, our Damon CJ, uh, our Trey R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. is right. Uh, at the end of the day, we are going to give you a bracket, everything like Talbert said. So we are going best Jakes versus best Phil's this week. I love it. What a great way to start, Phil. Yeah, yeah. Talbert and I, uh, we have uh, gone down the list, found our best Jakes and Phil's, uh, uh, respectfully, and we are going to uh, give you the seating uh, and those brackets. So, uh, Talbert, we're just going to kick it off. We're going to give a case for each one of our Jake and Phil. So, I'm going to give a case for my Phil, obviously a case for your Jake. We'll give a little background on who they are, uh, and we're going to punch through this thing and find out who the number one is. That's right. That's right. That's what we're going to do. Phil's going to kind of help us navigate through this and uh, lead us through the bracket here. Uh, we won't spend too much time on any one of these, but we do want to kind of give you um, – uh, just to run down. So we have eight Phils. We have eight Jakes. They're going to match up, square off against each other in round one. And so in round two, there is the chance to potentially have a Jake v. Jake or a Phil v. Phil, uh, depending on how those round one matchups go. But Phil, why don't you kick us off here uh, in round number one? That's right, Tower. Our number one seed overall for the Phils is Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil spent some time in the University of Tulsa playing football that many don't know as an offensive lineman, uh, don't know how his career went, but uh, can tell you that uh, he was on the field giving it all he had. Later went to his TV acting career, which uh, I don't think I've ever actually watched more than 30 seconds of a Dr. Phil episode, but I know that he's an influential figure uh, and a funny man. So Dr. Phil, my number one seed, and the eighth seed coming in for you, Talbert, is uh, a young man by Jake Peralta. Uh, so Jake Peralta, uh, Andy Samberg, plays him in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, if I'm correct. Uh, have you ever right. actually watched any of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Jake? Phil, I can't tell you one thing about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Not one ounce of content, except that Andy Samberg is in it. That's all I know uh, about that. And so Jake Peralta, he is, uh, he's in the mix. Do you, do you also know anything about Andy Samberg? I know very little about Andy Samberg. Uh, I did have a friend uh, in high school that loved to impersonate him. Uh, and so because of that impersonation, I know more about Andy Samberg than I should. That makes sense. Uh, I, I personally believe that just off the, off the namesake here and the knowledge of Dr. Phil, I feel like uh, he has to move forward. Um, I just he will, and he will. Yeah. And he will. It's the number one seed versus the number 16 seed. Phil, it's only happened once in the history of the NCAA tournament. Take us back, Virginia uh, versus the uh, – who was that? UMCB? Yeah, yeah, UMC, yep, UMBC, yeah. UMBC, that's right, UMBC. Um, uh, we, that's a story for another day. Yeah. But looks like, looks like Dr. Phil moves on. Who's the, who's the next matchup we have? We're going to go number five versus number four seed. Number four seed, Jake Bardell. I know you have a great introduction to who Jake Bardell is, because some of our viewers may not know, some may know, Jake Bardell, your four seed. Yeah, Jake Bardell slid in as the four seed, and I think some listeners are going to be upset that he passed the five, six, seven, and eight seed, but I deemed it was necessary for Jake Bardell to be in that number four slot. Mm -hmm. He's an aspiring young doctor. He's going to positively impact a lot of lives. He's a guy that has positively impacted the spheres of influence that he's had uh, and so, so for a guy like Jake Bardell, not only is he aspiring to be um, a physician someday, he's in med school, 
Uh, but Jake Vardell is also a guy that has incredible, incredible acting skills. I mean, this guy is just tremendous. Probably his best performance was as Atlas in uh, a play that we were all a part of uh, a few years ago. And he just killed it, crushed it right out of the park. And I think Jake is known for uh, many things, but Jake Bardell enters my number four seed. You mentioned actors. I bring up Phil of the Future as my five seed. And you might be upset. This, this is a childhood favorite show of many, not truly one of mine, even though I've been referenced many times, nicknamed Phil of the Future. Uh, it is not one of my favorite uh, shows, but uh, Phil of the Future, the five seed. Uh, I think just you look at this matchup and you know it's going to be close, but I really do feel like your Jake takes the cake here and uh, knocks off Phil of the Future. And I think a lot of people are going to be upset about that, not knowing the story of Jake Bardell. But as a future guest on the show, I feel like he'll be able to explain himself and win the hearts of some of our viewers and fans. He really will. And I think that Jake Bardell is the right call right there. He moves on. Phil of the Future takes a seat. Um, Phil, what's our next matchup? We're going to move over to the three and six seed, and it starts with my guy, Phil Jackson. Incredible coach for the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, mixed around with the Knicks organization for a while. Just an NBA uh, success story there from Phil. Uh, he's just a, you know, instant legend. But uh, I really have a hard time going I up. I know you would. My guy, number six seed, Jake Fromm, Talbert. Jake Fromm, a guy, multi-year starter at the University of Georgia. Many people call him a game manager. I'm sure you have some thoughts on that as well. But Jake Fromm, cool and collected in the pocket, uh, multi-year starting quarterback, had a very successful uh, career at the University of Georgia. Probably loved to hunt just as much as he loved playing football, uh, wearing that number 11 for Georgia. We'll never forget that moment. It went viral of him dropping back in the pocket on a three-step drop and giving that little flick of the football, that quick spin, and then <laughs> dropping a dime about 60 yards down the uh, left side of the sideline there for a touchdown uh, yeah. for the dog. So Jake from Bill Jackson, who you going with? Man, I do have a hard time with this, and I think – is because Fromm was great, but a lot of people have the murmurs that we had we should have started Justin Fields and we may have a national championship uh, yeah. back in 2017-2018 season. So I'm going to have to go with Phil Jackson here. Uh, he just overall, I think, a uh, greater legend, greater Phil than a greater Jake here. Uh, no disrespect for the name, obviously, uh, but I think yeah. I'm yeah. Phil Jackson here. I love that. I think that's a great move. That's a great call. We're going to move down to uh, our two and seven seeds. Uh, Number two seed for you, Talbert, Jake Owen. Can you tell us about Jake Owen a little bit? Yeah, let me tell you about my guy, Jake Owen. So, uh, obviously, he's, very, he's known for being barefoot, known for wearing blue jeans, known for, you know, doing most of his – he's nocturnal, you know, yeah. uh, barefoot, blue jean nights, one that got away. Um, you know, he's a guy that uh, has been around for a while. He's changed his genre a little bit. I think he's pretty flexible. He's staying with the times. But I put Jake Owen in as the number two simply because just I think of his long-standing career on the country music scene. So he's my number two. Who do you got going up against Jake? I have, at, and a lot of people are going to be upset about this, but at my number seven seat, I have uh, Philip the Apostle. Uh, wow. The Apostle, he was one of the 12 disciples uh, for Jesus and did a lot of great things, you know, born in 3 AD uh, and died in 80 AD. <laughs> Uh, uh, according to Wikipedia, 
Uh, I really show up in my Bible to really uh, reference him here, but uh, you know, we're on the, on the interweb right now. Uh, but Philip was a great man. He was faithful. Uh, you know, he was a sinner just like you and I, but got to physically watch and see the actions and steps of Jesus Christ. And I mean, when you say those words, it's hard to beat out a guy like that, Talbert. Phil, we've got Jake Owen, who walks with Toby Keith and Miranda Lambert and George Strait and rubbed shoulders with Luke Bryan at the CMAs. But this is Philip. Philip's advancing. Philip is going on. Seven seed knocks the two seed. Talbert, we're going to go straight back to the other side of the bracket. Uh, the number two seed for me is the Phillips head screwdriver. You <laughs> need I say more. I mean, this is a common household tool that I feel like everyone should and does have. And uh, an honorable mention here is the Phillips Arena, uh, the Highlight yep. Factory. But the same company, uh, obviously, that puts in the Phillips head screwdriver uh, was also Phillips Arena. So it holds a special place in my heart also holding my name, uh, but it goes up against your number, your number seven seed, Jake DeLome. Uh, Talbert, I know you've dabbled with Jake DeLome in your past, watched him play a good bit. Yeah, Jake DeLome, career with the Carolina Panthers, made it to a Super Bowl, but I believe lost to the Patriots. Is that right? Correct. Uh, so we did have a Super Bowl appearance. Uh, many quarterbacks can say that. He did not win. I would say that uh, for Jake DeLome donning the black and blue of the Panthers, he comes in a long list of a long line of uh, Panthers quarterbacks that quite honestly just haven't been able to get it done. And uh, Jake DeLome, high character guy. Uh, but I think that, I, I mean, I've personally got to go with the Phillips screwdriver here. Yeah, I agree. Talbert. A quick trivia question for you. Do you know where Jake DeLome attended college? Man, that is great. I'm going to throw out Kennesaw state. Yeah. <laughs> He resided at the University of Louisiana Lafayette. Wow, the Ragin' Cajuns. That's a great place for Jake. Yeah, absolutely. We know he enjoyed his time there. We're moving on to the six and three seed. Uh, my, or Sorry, excuse me, your three seed, Talbert, Jake Paul. What can you tell us about Jake Paul? <laughs> well, what I know about Jake Paul is that he is extremely athletic. He is a guy that I would not want to meet in any form of uh, physical contact setting. And uh, I believe he's also making a lot of money right now. So for Jake Paul, um, he's wealthy. He has a lot of uh, physical prowess. Uh, and I would say he's, at the, he's as good as it comes right now in that world. I would say uh, that's a correct um, observation of Jake Paul. My sixth seed against Jake Paul, your three seed is none other than Philip Rivers, high school football coach currently, San Diego Chargers quarterback for a long time, put, ha spent the end of his career in Indianapolis with the Colts. Philip Rivers, stand-up guy. I mean, I, all I can yes. really say is that, uh, you know, he's a guy that's passionate about the game, and uh, he's loved the game back by coaching and pouring into, uh, you know, other students of the game as well. So uh, I personally think that this is a one where, you know, Rivers, I think, takes the cake for the both of us um, over number three seed, Jake Paul. Yeah, and you, you know you can speak for me in that. I love the stand-up act of Phil Rivers. You know, he's a guy, he's been mic'd up plenty of times in his life playing for the Chargers um, and just love Philip Rivers. Now he's coaching high school football. What, I mean, how much better can you get? So Philip Rivers is going to move on in this one um, over Jake Paul. That's right. We move on to another four and five matchup here. My guy, four seed, Phil Collins, uh, wrote an incredible soundtrack uh, for the yeah. movie Tarzan, I believe. 
uh, and you'll be in my heart, uh, you know, is one that uh, I believe has been many first dance wedding songs. Uh, and it's also just, uh, I mean, he's come up with a lot of classics, but he goes up against your five C, none other than Jake Gyllenhaal. You know, before the show, Talbert, you and I spoke about Mr. Gyllenhaal. A lot of people were uh, asking for him to be the number one seed here as the most famous Jake. I've, I couldn't name you a single Jake Gyllenhaal movie, Talbert. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal, Swedish-born American actor, you know, 1980. He's been uh, really on the scene since, uh, I believe, about 1991 uh, in his acting world, starting as a child actor. He's been in quite a few films, um, has been in uh, The Day After Tomorrow, has been in Zodiac, has been in Prisoners. Uh, he's kind of been all around, but he's probably most known for being in Spider-Man Far From Home, uh, in which he portrayed uh, Quentin Beck. And so that's probably his most recent uh, action in 2019. Um, and, and I had to do research to figure those things out. I did not know those things <laughs> about our friend Jake Gyllenhaal. So uh, passing on to you, I'm going to let you make the call on this one, Phil, because, uh, you know, Phil Collins, Jake Gyllenhaal, this was a five seed that, again, people were a little anxious about this. How did he fall all the way to five? But, you know, for us personally, this was a personal seating for us. And yeah. so I think it was an accurate seating for us. Where would you say in, in this call with Phil Collins versus Gyllenhaal? I, I got to say, it's our personal experience. And I think you would say the same. We just connect more with Collins on a personal level from a soundtrack yeah. we've played many times at camp that we used to work at. Uh, I would no say doubt. Collins probably gets over Gyllenhaal. You know, it's going to stir up the pot to a lot of people after this. No, I agree. He's going to move on. Phil Collins is moving on. Tarzan moves on. Um, and the Miami Heat move on, if you know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> We're good. Um, Sorry, go ahead. I believe we have one left. Is that right? We do. We have one left. This is a blockbuster knockout punch. One versus this eight is. seed. Your number one seed, Talbert. Jake from State Farm going up against That's right. eight seed Phil Lewis, Mr. Mosby from Scott Zach and Cody. <laughs> I love it. You know, I Sweet Life of Zach and Cody was really um, kind of in my heyday of, uh, of youth growing up, but uh, I was not a big uh, viewer of Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Um, I threw out Jake from State Farm as my number one seed and one of the most iconic commercials of all time. Still to this day, people will ask me, are you wearing khakis? And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> uh, but I get it. So Jake from State Farm, he's going in as my number one seed. Who takes this one 1v8? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Mr. Mosby, a great character from the show. Phil Lewis, shout out to him. My buddy Sam Thomas uh, actually got a shout out via cameo from him one time. Uh, paid, I think, over $200 for said cameo, which may or may not wow. have it during the COVID wow. season at the peak of it. Um, but yeah, Jake from State Farm is going to take it on uh, and go from there. We're going to go back up the list from – uh, Jake from State Farm versus Phil Collins. I mean, Talbert, as we're crunching down from time here, as we can see, I got to go Jake from State Farm. Yeah, we're going to go Jake from State Farm. And I think now we have the second round set. We've got the Elite Eight set. Uh, and you're going to have to, listeners are going to have to come back next week and we're going to dive really into the Elite Eight. Then we'll break down the Final Four and we'll give them that championship matchup next week. We love to throw out this teaser here. These 16 teams give a lot of background. You need it as you head into those Elite Eight, Final Four, and uh, National Championship rounds of the Ready, Set, Bracket. So we'll be back next week to break down the best Jake or the best Phil. 
Uh, and again, we would love your feedback. Tweet us, DM us at Ready, Set, Pod. Uh, we want to hear from you. Phil, we're wrapping up. We're about out of time today. This has been so fun. Long time coming. We finally made it. Uh, any closing thoughts here before we sign off for today? Talbert, uh, I think that this has been one that we'll remember forever. Uh, we're going to look back on this, you know, a year, five, 10, 30, 50 years down the road and say, man, we're glad we did that uh, because Lord knows where we'll be at that point. Uh, so once again, make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at Instagram at the Ready, Set, Game Pod. Uh, and all I can say now is, I mean, Talbert, you know, I've been Phil and you've been Jake. I'm Jake. That's right. Always have been, always will be. We're trying to figure out the best Phil and Jake worldwide, but Phil, Jake. And all I have to say at this point, Talbert, is ready, set, game. Game. Ready, set, game. It's time. It's time. <laughs> what a great ending. Signing off here live from Waco, Texas, live from Atlanta, Georgia. This has been a great one. We'll be back very soon. <laughs>